Today in Science from Wired. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Jill Tarter never found aliens, but her successors might by Sarah Scholes. In December 2016, three generations of women astronomers joined me for a phone call. Deborah Fisher, Natalie Batalha, and Margaret Turnbull have dedicated their careers to comprehending planets beyond the solar system, the signs of microbial life that might be on those planets, or both of those out-there topics. We talked some about their astronomy, but we mostly talked about another astronomer, Jill Tarter, the longtime leader of the search for extraterrestrial intelligence and the inspiration for the movie and book Contact's main character, Ellie Arroway. When Turnbull first watched Contact, as an intern at Harvard University, she was ready to scoff. Contact follows Arroway as she searches for a radio signal from an intelligent extraterrestrial civilization, battling bureaucracy, politicians, economic woes, statistical unlikelihood, institutionalized sexism, and her own emotional demons. As a non-fictional woman scientist and a SETI scientist, Tartar faced the same challenges. But this is where the two women's stories depart. Arroway finds a signal. E.T. calls. E.T. sends instructions for building a spaceship. Humanity builds the spaceship, not without trials, and, not without trials, Arroway becomes the sole passenger. I was pretty sure going into the movie that I was going to know everything they were doing wrong because I was the smartest I'd ever been when I was a junior in college, she says, laughing. But by the end, I forgot all about that attitude, and I was basically standing on my chair in the theater saying, that's what I'm supposed to do. Not long after that, in graduate school, Turnbull talked with Tartar in person. How can somebody do their Ph.D. with you, she asked. Tartar told her that she and her colleagues were terrible graduate advisors, and she didn't recommend it. 
But the next summer, Turnbull went to the SETI Institute anyway and worked, ill-advisedly, with Tartar to create a catalog of star systems that could be habitable for life, aptly called the Habcat. Turnbull doesn't do SETI now, but she sees her own work in exoplanets and astrobiology, the study of how life comes to be and change and stay here and potentially elsewhere, as the best way to get close to those investigations that so inspired her in contact. The three women then ask each other how many times they have each seen contact a question that is first met with oohs and ahs, and followed by admissions that they watch it at least once a year. No fictional science movie, not The Martian or Interstellar or Arrival, has affected them as much as Arroway's adventures and misadventures did. But they do understand, and in some ways sympathize, with the idea that what they do is mainstream, while what inspired them about contact is fringe. Within the scientific community, there is healthy skepticism, says Fisher, and the question is, how do you ever get to a meaningful null result? Meaning, how long and how hard do SETI scientists have to look for extraterrestrial intelligence and find nothing before they say, there is nothing, we are alone? And there's not a good answer, because the thing about the universe is there's always more of it to search. There are always new ways that aliens might communicate. And you could try different combinations of places and ways of looking forever and never concede. The inability to get a null result makes a study, in the eyes of some and in some philosophies of science, unscientific. That's part of why Tartar and other SETI colleagues have tried to set limits, like looking at a million stars within 1,000 light-years, from which they can draw incremental and statistical conclusions. Batalha, though, expresses solidarity with the non-conclusion of the conclusion of Tartar's career, that non-conclusion being that she hasn't found intelligent aliens but can't say they're not out there. SETI, astrobiology, and exoplanet science all require generations of work. The whole of science does, really. Big discoveries are rare, coming decades or centuries after people start wondering and doing the work that scaffolds them, shores them up, sets them up to succeed. But without that initial wondering and those first small steps, no one would make giant leaps at all. Jill has had this really luminous career doing SETI, says Batalha, but at the end of the day, she retired and hadn't found anything. And I'm guessing that might be my fate as well, in terms of finding microbial life. I might live to see that day, or I might not. To be an astronomer at all is to be zen about that, about cosmic time, and about how you are a cog in the big machine of science, whose gears began turning long before you and will continue to turn long after you. Sometimes those gears grind to a result because of your cog, and sometimes your cog is just there to keep the gears going. All astronomers have days when they're good at being Zen, and days when they feel hopeless about and powerless before the uncaring bigness and seeming incomprehensibility of the universe. Tartar has had more of the latter recently. Batalha recalls a meeting for the Kepler Space Telescope, which has discovered thousands of planets outside the solar system as the project's prime data collection was ending in 2012. She was sitting next to Tartar, who at a certain point looked down at the table and near whispered to no one but herself, 
We didn't find anything. Batalha turned her head to look at Tartar, struck by the depth of emotion. That feeling, it was just so tangible, she says. She announced her retirement two weeks later. Clearly, she knew that she was on the verge of retiring. She was expressing that feeling of all those years of work, not realizing that goal. She pauses, perhaps to feel that feeling again for a second, taking it on like Jonas in The Giver. And then she continues, reaching back toward the piece of a cosmic perspective where an individual and her lifetime are just blips. But that's how science works, Batalha says. It is what it is. Turnbull chimes in on the call to say she had a similar experience at Tartar's retirement party. She was catching up with Tartar's longtime administrative assistant and unflagging companion, Chris Neller. Tartar, Neller told her, feels like a total failure and that everything she did was for nothing. And I just thought, how could she really, says Turnbull, because it never even occurred to me because of the enormous impact that Jill has had and that thanks to her we are all continuing to have on the world just simply by existing and being in the scientific community and pushing the frontiers in every direction. And then Turnbull points out something about Tartar that's not true of most scientists in most fields. She's not replaceable, she says. Many things would not be the way they are if not for the work that she did and the career she had. For decades, Tartar was the one who championed the search. Through its death after Congress canceled funding in the early 1990s, into its resurrection as a private project immediately after, and onward aboard the roller coaster of its modern incarnation. Tartar had the support of her colleagues, but she was the keystone in their arch. Without her, it would have collapsed. Sure, someone would have eventually picked up the rubble and rebuilt, but because of Tartar, no one had to. Her perseverance reminds me of one scene in Contact, when Ellie Arroway's nemesis and former advisor David Drumlin shows up at the Arecibo Telescope in Puerto Rico. He's shutting her SETI program down, he says, the surface of the radio dish looming over him. I know you can't see it now, but I'm doing you a favor, he says. He's protecting her from her own inclinations. You're far too promising a scientist to be wasting your gifts on this nonsense, he says. Arroway's nostrils go wide with indignation. Look, I don't consider what could potentially be the most important discovery of the human race nonsense, okay? She says. There's 400 billion stars and only two probabilities, Drumlin interrupts. One, there is intelligent life out there, but it's so far away you'll never contact it in your lifetime. And two, two, there's nothing out there but noble gases and carbon compounds, and you're wasting your time. In the meantime, you won't be published, you won't be taken seriously, and your career will be over before it's begun. So what, says Arroway, it's my life. So what, Tartar's actions have conveyed, it's my life. Excerpted from Making Contact, Jill Tartar and the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence by Sarah Scholes. Published by Pegasus Books, July 2017. Copyright Sarah Scholes, reprinted with permission from the publisher. All other rights reserved. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.